Will you turn with me in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 2? If you don't have your Bibles with you, you can turn to the back of your order of worship. Tonight we come to the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And as I said to the children, there's this theme. This is the theme of the book of Daniel. That God is sovereign over all, even the kings of this earth. That He is the one who sets up kingdoms, and He is the one who tears them down. Nebuchadnezzar is about to learn this in a dream. A dream that, that uh, causes sleep to flee from him, so to speak, that you can't hide from this reality of God, even in your dreams, that God rules all of the earth. God's kingdom is forever and ever. That's what we will draw out tonight as we look at the tale of two kingdoms. We're going to break it into the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, which actually fits well with what Pastor Matt taught this morning from Genesis as we look as God creates light and darkness. This is a theme used throughout all of Scripture in which God relates uh, the, the, the light of His wisdom and His knowledge and what He reveals to His people and the darkness of this world that is hidden in sin and despair and death. And so those things are set before us tonight as we look at those two points. Let's pray before we read God's Word. Our gracious God, we thank You for the Word that You placed before us this evening. We thank You, our Father, that You are the God of revelation, that You have given us this great Word that reveals Your character, Your power, Your sovereignty, Your salvation, Father. Your plan from the beginning to the end. And so, God, as we hear this Word read and preached tonight, I pray that it would have impact on our souls, that if we walk in darkness, that we would be brought to the light, to your Son, Jesus, who is the light of the world. It's in his name we pray. Amen. We're going to do the first 23 verses of chapter 2. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. Then the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, and the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dreams. So they came in, and they stood before the king, and the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will show you the interpretation." The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The word from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb, and your houses shall be laid in ruins. But if you show the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation." They answered a second time and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show its interpretation. And the king answered and said, I know with certainty that you are trying to gain time, because you see that the word from me is firm. If you do not make the dream known to me, there is but one sentence for you. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times change. Therefore, tell me 
the dream, and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demands, for no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult, and no one can show it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. Because of this, the king was angry and very furious, and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out, and the wise men were about to be killed, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is this decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. And Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed, and Daniel in a vision of the night, to Daniel in a vision of the night, then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might and changes times and seasons and removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things and knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might and have made known to me What we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. This evening we'll consider two uh, kingdoms exist in this world. And that only one is enduring and offers hope and salvation. We will have two opposing pictures set before us then. The kingdom of darkness and two, the kingdom of light. First, the kingdom of darkness. The book of Daniel opens with this story of one kingdom that was conquered by another. And Daniel lives in the city of the kingdom that has conquered him. But this would be only one way to view the book of Daniel. The greater message is that there is a greater kingdom upon which all other kingdoms rise and fall under one ruler. In the tale of two kingdoms, we will see this at play throughout the book of Daniel. We open chapter 2 with the most powerful king of the time, finding it hard to sleep because he has had a dream, something that has greatly disturbed his soul. Nebuchadnezzar has received a message from God and a dream, and it has shaken him to his very core. Verse 1 says, in the second year of his rule, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. His spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. You see, Nebuchadnezzar, this king, even with his great status, even with his great wealth and his power, can't find peace. 
Nebuchadnezzar can't find peace even in his bedchamber. He had a dream, and he knows it to be of great importance, but he doesn't know what it means. It's, it's hidden in darkness, and his eyes can't close to sleep, nor can they see with them open what it means. The mute, the handmade gods that are down in his temple can't bring him help. And the wise men that he's gathered around him, these men from all these other nations, these enchanters, these Chaldeans, they can't help him understand what has been revealed in this dream. It's hidden in darkness. Nebuchadnezzar wants truth. And whatever these men that have surrounded him in the past have peddled, in the past, simply won't cut it. And so he makes uh, a command of them. Tell me what my dream was. And by the way, if you can't, and if you can't interpret it, your house will be torn down and you will be torn limb from limb. In this kingdom of darkness, do you, do, you, do, you, do you feel this hopelessness? Here's Nebuchadnezzar. Can't sleep. Can't understand what this dream is supposed to mean. He's, he's feeling totally lost. He's troubled. His soul's troubled. And he is desperate for some kind of answer. Bring me someone that can explain what's going. Someone that will speak truth. Look at the desperation of the men that have surrounded him. The request that's been asked of them. They, they, they admit, no man has ever been able to do this. What you ask of us, oh king, they must be terrified. In fact, you, you get the sense in their second request that one man's been sent forward and he's sort of talking with Nebuchadnezzar to buy time while the other men are over in the corner of the room and they're discussing what are we going to do? This is a, a desperate situation. How are we going to get out of this? We are totally in the blind and in the dark here. Nebuchadnezzar's wise to him. I see what you're doing. You're buying time. You're buying time and you're going to feed me some line. Well, the kingdom of darkness here is it's set before us. I want you to see that as this, uh, not only is, is, is a dark time for these particular men, but this is what it is like in the world outside the revelation of the God of heaven, outside the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Scripture describes the kingdom of this world as darkness. And so as you see in verses 1 through 16, this despair and this desperation, a restlessness of hearts that do not know Daniel's God. They're put in an impossible situation, these men who are supposed to be wise to interpret something they have no understanding about. They feel time slipping away and they are eventually going to be put to death. You can almost imagine how desperate they are when they finally say in verse 11, the thing that the king asks is too difficult. And no one can show it except the gods whose dwelling is not with the flesh. The desperation to say, the only one that could respond to this, to this darkness, to this uh, lack of understanding is God's. And you know what? We have no access to them. 
They're not down here with us. They don't dwell with us. It's almost admitting that the things that we've carved and set in our temple, these things are nothing. They're mute. They're deaf. They're blind. They're dumb. Because when they really need it, when they really need hope, when they really need help, when Nebuchadnezzar's soul is troubled, no one can be found. And when these men are going to die because Nebuchadnezzar has some whim, desperate, what hope is there? Maybe the gods, but we have no access because they wouldn't come down in the flesh. This is what I'm calling the kingdom of darkness. And it isn't just Babylon's problem. It is the problem of all those who dwell in darkness without the hope of the gospel. Where can the troubled soul go for relief? If I just had this, if I could just amass this, if I just was able to get enough wealth. Nope, Nebuchadnezzar has everything and he finds no relief. Oh, if I would just trust the wise men of this world. No. It's darkness. There is no hope in it. Who can interpret the meaning of life unless it be revealed? Who can save us from death? For the conclusion of Nebuchadnezzar and his wise men is that God knows, but He doesn't dwell among the flesh. Nebuchadnezzar wants truth, but he knows it can't be found on the tongues of his wise men. And this is how the Bible describes the kingdoms of this world, Acts 26, 18. Paul was sent to the Gentiles to open their eyes. What are their eyes shut to? What has sin done to mankind? He says to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light from the power of Satan to God, that they might receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by me. Or Jesus, when He said, and this is judgment, that the light has come into the world and people loved that darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Two kingdoms. A kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light could place yourself in the wise men's shoes, I know that you wouldn't want to live in the kingdom of darkness. The truth of the matter is that even in this kingdom of Babylon, I'm talking Daniel's Babylon, not our Babylon today, there's a little bit of light that has been carried in to a desperate situation into this kingdom of utter darkness. Babylon has dragged servants of Yahweh servants of the living God into Babylon. And they are about to find out the difference between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Maybe this hour you feel a bit of the desperation and the hopelessness that we see in the first part of this passage. Maybe this evening you feel desperation as your situation's pressing in on you. What God gives us in His Word is revelation of Himself. Daniel will acknowledge this in a moment in prayer, but here before us, God gives a revelation of Himself to us. That He is a God 
that addresses, addresses all of our needs. He is a God that deals with His people uh, even though we have, we, uh, we have sin and we have despair, He addresses that. He condescends to that. He steps into this world. He deals with us who walked in darkness. The truth of the matter is, to change verse 11, to read rightly, no one can show it, not to say that the Scripture's wrong, but to say it a different way, no one can show us this hope. The wise men said, except God. And I'll tell you, this God has had his dwelling with the flesh. So let us move from the kingdom of darkness to look at our second point, the kingdom of light. We come to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and see a very different perspective. They are under the same threat that the other wise men are. Ariok comes and finds them, not to ask what the dream might be, but to kill them. For some reason, Daniel and his friends are not yet in the court with the other wise men. But they are threatened with the same death, and you see a difference in how they respond in the desperation that we saw with those who were around Nebuchadnezzar. It's an overwhelming sense of peace. I mean, Ariok probably showed up with armed men to kill them, to tear them limb from limb, to destroy wherever they would be living. And Daniel doesn't spaz out. <laughs> Daniel says, wait a minute. What is the reason for this? It says he answers him with, with discretion, with prudence. There's some kind of wisdom at work in, in Daniel that he says, let me understand what's going on. And now Daniel responds. You might think it sounds a lot like the way the other wise men responded. Just tell us the dream and we'll give the interpretation. That's not what Daniel says. He says, give me time, king, and I will tell you its interpretation. Daniel knows something. Daniel, who's been dragged to Babylon and sits under the most powerful king in the world, knows something. Daniel's eyes are open to something. Daniel lives in the kingdom of light. Nebuchadnezzar may have his threats, but my God has his throne. So Daniel says, let me go speak to him before you do what you're going to do. And so, we see some of the great benefits of living in the kingdom of Light, living in the kingdom that has the knowledge of God, working in His people who have opened His eyes, not only to Himself, but to salvation, to all things in the Word. God has revealed Himself to us. You see, God hasn't brought them to Babylon to perish under the whim of Nebuchadnezzar, but for a greater purpose of bringing light to the nation of Babylon. Kind of a Queen Esther moment, isn't it? For such a time as this, these men have been set up in this kingdom. I want to present to you the great difference between the two kingdoms and what is available to those in this world that have Jesus Christ, who is called the light of the world. First, Daniel expresses a great hope in his response to Arioch in verse 16, that he requested the king appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. Second, he understands that his God's in control. But second, look what Daniel has 
in this kingdom of light. It's what we have tonight, brothers and sisters. It's what we have on Wednesday night. There is a great fellowship at play here. Daniel gets together with his three other friends and talk to them about what's going on and says, brothers, may we spend time seeking fast after our God. In this sweet fellowship, in this kingdom, they're able to encourage each other in a, in a fearful situation to say they, they bear each other up, so to speak. What a gift. What a gift in the kingdom of light that we can meet together, gather together. A pitch, shamelessly, for Wednesday night prayer meeting. For those whose eyes are open to come and speak to the living God about the needs of the church, about your personal needs, about your fears, the things that you're struggling with, we gather together and we take it to the King and His throne. For Sunday, we come and we hear the very voice of God. The merciful God. The God who knows our situation and responds to us and expresses His power and His might. And we look at the others on our row and say, brother and sister, do you hear what He's saying? Oh, what a a joy it is to live in the kingdom of light. To have Him exposed to us all these wonderful things. The beginning from the end. Well, Daniel and his friends gather together to speak to God. God who... They have access to the very thing the wise men said, who could speak to him? Well, they came from the place where God dwelled in a tent among the men, where God had a temple. And we know, brothers and sisters, that God did indeed dwell among men in the flesh of Jesus Christ, that he came down and he lived among us, that he is the light of the world. And in the kingdom of light, he is our hope. He is the one we have access to. He's the one we turn each other to. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the kingdom of light is revealed to us all the glorious things of God are most revealed in His Son, who is the very Word of God. John 1 tells us He's also the light. God answers prayers. You may talk to Him, and He also answers prayers. And Daniel understands that that very night in vision, understands the dream that Nebuchadnezzar was having and he can't help but respond in this. I just want to read it almost without comment because understand what revelation God has given us of Himself in the kingdom of light. This is true, brothers and sisters, tonight as you worship God, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. He lasts forever and ever. To whom belong wisdom and might. And He changes time and season. Is He powerful? Oh yes. He sets the sun and the moon on its course. He removes kings and He sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Oh, isn't Nebuchadnezzar desperate for that? The kingdom of darkness is desperate for some kind of truth. Here it is. He reveals deep 
and hidden things and knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God, of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have made me known known to, to me what we asked of you for you have made known to us the king's matter. I don't even know where I'm in my notes. I got too passionate and left them a long time ago. I want to say this. The kingdom of light is all about Jesus Christ. If you want hope in the midst of darkness, if you want understanding, if you want wisdom, it can be found nowhere else without any, uh, it has no meaning apart from Him who is wisdom, who is Christ Jesus, the wisdom of God, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians. Listen, tonight, if you're desperate, if you're in despair, if you have uh, no hope, it won't be found in the kingdom of darkness. It will only be found in the kingdom of light. Spoiler alert. Nebuchadnezzar's dream, which will be interpreted next week, was a dream that showed all the kingdoms that will be crushed by the stone that was not made by human hands. The everlasting kingdom of Jesus Christ. This is the kingdom of light. Come to Christ. Come out of darkness. Let's pray.